Looking forward to today's Monday's Experts here on Sky Sports Radio and uh, it's been wonderful these chats, especially over the lockdown period, getting so much great uh, feedback and of course all our other chats are up on the podcast as we speak on Spotify and Apple, just type in Monday's Experts, Sky Sports Radio and you will hear some great stories. Looking forward to today's story. Uh, We've been hearing a lot of his name of late, he's been tipping plenty of winners and the punters in lockdown have been loving him. But it's nice to, as I always say, put a story behind the name. And joining us on the phone is Mick Wallace. Welcome to Monday's Experts, Mick. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. Not a drama, mate. Um, I'm keen to, to hear your story today. And we've had a, a couple of form experts on this program that would be keen to sort of you know pick your brains on exactly how you, uh, you do the form. First off, though, where did you grow up? Where were you born? Uh, Central Coast, born and bred. Uh, I was born in uh, Gosford Hospital and I've uh, lived up here on the Central Coast um, my whole life. I uh, moved around a, a little bit, um, yeah, Terrigal, Saratoga, uh, down on the peninsula. Um, yes, yeah, so I moved around a bit, but always on the Central Coast and uh, don't have any immediate plans to leave. They do say it's God's country, don't they? Oh, it really is. And um, as you know, I'm mostly based out in the Central and Western Districts of New South Wales. And I certainly haven't ruled out moving out that way at some stage, um, but at this point in time, very happy where I reside up here on the, uh, the the sunny central coast. Oh, so you would you would think about going out there? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think about it more and more every year. Actually, um, you know, the more friendships and whatever that I've formed out west, and and uh, as my racing commitments, um, you know, grow out that in that part of the world, I could I could see myself living out there. I suppose the only thing I'd, I'd really miss is the beach. I've always lived um, close to the beach. Um, you know, I've always um, you know got involved in water sports and that sort of thing. So no doubt I'd, I'd miss that. But um, yeah, maybe a, a tree changes and all that far away. Tell us about your growing up. Uh, was there horse racing in the family or a love of horse racing? Uh, as far as horse racing in the family goes, not in the immediate family. Um, both my um, both my parents weren't that interested. It kind of skipped a generation. Both my uh, grandfathers uh, were very much uh, into racing. I think uh, one of them was uh, an SP bookmaker. The other one, uh, a bit of a, uh, a mug punter. So I think my parents grew up not having a lot of money. So I think they thought it was uh, too hard to earn and sort of steered away from the races. But, um, yeah, I picked it up at a young age. I had a great uncle, Bruce, who had a great influence on me as far as my interest in racing is concerned. He was my dad's uncle, and um, he used to love getting along to the races here on the Central Coast. They used to go to every Gosford, uh, Wyong, and some Newcastle meetings on a, on a Thursday, and I used to join him as a, as a young kid, um, you know, in the school holidays. And then as I got keener, um, I used to... Uh, go out to uh, Gosford and Wyong races after school. Sometimes used to give myself a, a bit of an early mark and I'd go out there and join him. And yeah, he taught me a lot about the punt and about form and, and uh, some life lessons as well. Yeah, so when you say that um, you, you sort of skipped a generation, so the parents weren't keen, uh, were they? what were they sort of uh, their message to you when you know, it got found out that you were heading to Gosford, um, you know, possibly after school and, and whatnot? Were there, was there resistance? Uh, there was a little bit of resistance, I must admit. Um, my mum uh, grew up waiting for the pool table that her father was going to uh, buy her uh, when he got the uh, the next big win. So she still doesn't have the pool table, and uh, Neville's no longer with us, God rest his soul. But, um, yeah, so I, I just think that maybe uh, they grew up um, having a bit of an idea of the um, the punt not being the the most exciting thing in the world. But, look, I loved it. I loved the sight, the smells, the sounds, everything about it, and I was hooked from a very young age. 
What was it? You, okay, so you mentioned the sights, the sounds, the smells, etc. And, and I'm I'm resonating with you here, mate, because you always remember, um, you know, the, the, those sort of first moments of, of of the sport. But was there any particular moment? I mean, for for you, was it was it the the punting aspect that you you know you had to solve the puzzle, solve the problem, so to speak, or was it just the fact you know there were all these different characters and 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 horses being beautiful animals? Yeah, the characters have become very important to me in later life. But um, as a kid, it was really about the, the animal, the, the horse itself. I just thought they were the most beautiful, majestic creatures. And I was into photography as a, as a young kid, and I used to head out to the races with my uh, SLR camera and, and take hundreds of photos, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And as um, Uncle Bruce sort of taught me more about the, the punt, he, he taught me lessons of, of discipline. He, he he used to have two pockets in his pants, and uh, one of them had his, his punting money, which could have been 70 to $100 for the day, and his other pocket had massive wads of cash wrapped in rubber bands, and he'd never touch it. He was very disciplined. He had his 70 to $100 that he had to spend for the day, and that included buying the, uh, the sausages on a roll and uh, the entry in. So, um, yeah, he Isn't taught me that... lessons of dis- discipline, yeah. and, and I didn't les- listen to any of them. <laughs> isn't that isn't that amazing? Because when my grandfather was the same. We'd go to the track, and uh, and he would have you know he'd have money in one pocket and just mm. bundles of cash in the other. <laughs> and early doors, I'm thinking, oh, is he going to have a crack at something today? And he would yeah. never ever. He would just take this money. He's almost it was almost like he was scared. Grandma was going to knock it off if he left it at home. But it was just he would just take this cash. I think that. Um, you don't get that these days. I mean, the world has changed in terms of our sport and punting. I mean, we're not always going to the track now. There's a lot of, you know, betting online and betting at home. And, I mean, you can pull out your phone right now and you can, you know, be finding all the form and whatnot. Um, yeah. How do you go How do you go sort of blending the old with the new, Mick? Well, yeah, I'm a little bit old-fashioned. I think it's a generational thing. Um, I think... Um, back in uh, your grandfather's time and, and my great uncle's time, I think it was okay to have a, a cunning kick and, you know, you might keep a little little wad of cash in the, the back of the top drawer for, for a Saturday afternoon or that sort of thing. But, yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, all the betting online now. It's, a, it's such a, a big thing. Uh, uh, as far as doing the form goes, I sort of try and blend the old with the new. Um, there's so many there's so many different ways you can find a winner. There's so many ways to, to skin a cat. And, um, you know, the, the ways that were working 50 years ago still work today even though we've got all of the, the sectional times now and and all of the data and and uh, all of the people knocking up their speed maps and all of that it's it's um it's an interesting it's an interesting concept of you know trying to blend that old with the new um i, I i'm still very big on trusting your eye i know many decades ago probably wouldn't have had as much access to 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 the videos and that but i just think it's so important watch replays uh, you can read the stewards reports and that but uh, quite often the stewards miss things, so it's worth putting the time and effort in, and you can uh, unearth um, winners at, at long prices that perhaps others have missed. What about uh, before we get into your, your tipping now? So um, you're going through school. What did mm. you want to be growing up? What was the what was the goal? The dream? Uh, I wanted to be a, a sky racing presenter. To be honest, Dave, it's it's been the only dream I've ever had, and I feel so fortunate that I'm I'm doing it now. Probably went the long way round. That was a bit of a, a bumpy road, but um, I'm, I'm particularly proud of the fact that I eventually got to do what I what I wanted to do. It, it happened a little bit later than what I was originally planning, but um, you know that's been part of the excitement. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't do anything um, differently, and and uh, yeah, just thrilled to be doing what I dreamt of doing as a kid. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, well, let's talk about that bumpy road because a lot of people, you know, especially young uh, guys out there listening, we've got a lot of young people on the socials that, you know, wanting to be aspiring tipsters and, and, and do what we do. How did you go about it? So you finished school and you yeah, well, and, and I, 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 I'm resonating here with you, mate, because I remember when I went and sat with the guidance officer and said, oh, I'd love, love to call rugby league, she looked at me with a puzzled face and went, oh, yeah, um, okay, maybe you should go and do this at university. And it was nothing to do with what I wanted to do. Were you in the similar sort of boat? Absolutely. I remember having a conversation with my parents and, and letting them know that I wanted to be a sky racing presenter and that I, I thought I could I could do it as, as good as, as some of the ones that I'd seen on, on TV. And it was like I was telling them I wanted to be an astronaut. Uh, Dad worked in the university sector and I think he wanted me to focus on my uh, my schooling and my marks. But I, I had other ideas. I remember a funny story, actually. I was, I, was, um, I was in maths probably in about year 10. I was in the middle maths class and I was spending a lot of time reading the form guide and not really concentrating. And uh, my maths teacher at the time, she gave me an ultimatum. She said, look, uh, we've got a test coming up, and unless you improve, you'll be going down to the bottom maths. And I said, okay, so what are we doing? And she said, chance and gambling. I couldn't believe my luck, honestly. Um, the, the test came out. I knocked it over in 15 minutes, got 100%. Uh, I'll tell you what, they were looking to swab me after that. And uh, she didn't bother me again. She just let me go back to uh, doing my form and reading the newspaper. And 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 so okay. So you're at school. So what, what what about after school? Did we did you go into a university or did you go into casual jobs? Like how was talk t- talk us through that journey to get to Sky? Uh, yeah. Well, look, I, I didn't go to university. I didn't get the marks in the end. I did complete school, um, but uh, yeah, just basically went into um, into the workforce and and, and did various jobs. Um, but uh, all the time sort of trying to think of ways that I could um, maybe get my foot in the door at Sky Racing or at 2KY as it was known known back then. And um, that's when I got involved in uh, 2CCC radio station on the Central Coast. They had a, uh, a racing program there on a Saturday morning and I started doing Midnight to Dawn music programs. And uh, when I heard that the regular host was looking to give it away, well, I sort of put myself forward and... And uh, every Saturday from 9am through until 6pm, I uh, hosted the uh, the racing program and uh, absolutely uh, loved it. There was a a one-hour tipping and scratching program uh, that kicked it off, then a general sport, and then from 12 through to 6 o'clock, it was was all about uh, racing. And and, uh, that's where I I met uh, Jock Gologli, who I heard heard you have on this uh, program uh, going back a few weeks ago. He was the Sydney tipster on our... uh, five-state racing coverage on 2CCC, and uh, he was good enough to uh, be a, a reference for me when I was applying for my first job at uh, Sky Racing. Oh, fantastic. Um, what about when you got the call? You got the nod that you were going to be doing, Sky. What was that like? Well, uh, originally I um, took a director's assistant job at uh, Sky Racing because I, I just wanted to get into the building, and I thought maybe I could <laughs> try and impress the folks in there once I, once I got a job. And uh, they asked me um, what my... Um, what my typing speed was, and I said, what's the minimum typing speed? And they said, oh, whatever it might have been, 50 words a minute, 100 words a minute. I said, well, that's me. Yeah, 50 words a minute, that's as fast as I can type. I could. I was a two-finger typist, but I worked it out pretty quick. And just as I was starting to work my way into production and, you know, hopefully eventually being a presenter, uh, that's when uh, a lot got in the way. I wouldn't say it was a bad thing, but, um, yeah, suddenly became a, a single father and, and uh, resigned and set upon um, raising my boys, so two young young kids, uh, Max and Rory, they're, they're pretty much grown up now, but 
um, yeah, so I spent the next ten or eleven years in the wilderness, wow. uh, raising the raising the boys and and doing various sort of casual jobs in school hours. Mate, how hard was that at the time? I mean, I, I, family's so important, um, but you know, life life sort of throws you a curveball, and you would have had to um, you would have had to respond pretty quickly. Yeah, it was it was a no brainer, really. Um, you know, uh, there really wasn't any other options. I, and I always sort of thought in the back of my mind, um, it was just a case of sort of putting the uh, the racing dreams on, on hold. And uh, obviously, um, you know, having little kids and that, uh, they, they give you so much joy. And, you know, I'm so, so proud of them and, you know, really enjoyed that time when they were little and toddlers and, and going off to school and, and that kind of thing. I had some wonderful support from family as well. Um, my mum, Michelle, and dad, Steve, um, you know, they were always on, on deck to, you know, to look after the kids when I was uh, heading off to, to work or, um, you know, doing any sort of voluntary stuff that um, was uh, helping chase my dream to one day get back to, to Sky. What did, you, what did you do in the meantime, mate? What were you doing? What, uh, what type of work? Oh, all, all sorts of um, bits and pieces, um, you know, just sort of taking whatever job you could. It, it basically came down to um, what job suited um, family life, you know, whether it be in, in school hours or when mum and dad could... Um, could watch the kids and you know I think I, I worked um, uh, for an electrician I worked for Paul's warehouse I was uh, delivering pizzas I managed the pizza shop um, did a few different things um, they're just a few off the top of my head but um, all the time sort of keeping my hand in with the the racing radio I was writing a, 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 new, a newspaper column for the Central Coast Express Advocate a racing column and um, yes, yeah, so I maintained my interest in, in racing was doing a little bit of jockey management and form anal- analyst stuff as well along the way and yeah, just sort of um, keeping my toe in the water. I love it, mate, because it's real. Um, it's so real. And I think that's the important thing too. And we have these conversations, not only with uh, members of the racing game, but also just people that have you know, worked in Sky. It hasn't just been a wake up, go to school, get a job at Sky. Uh, there's so much uh, behind the story. So you're working, you know, your kids are growing up. Uh, what about the opportunity to come back to Sky? How did that uh, unfold? Uh, well, when my youngest child was um, was eight, I thought it was time that I could probably have another crack at, um, at becoming a, a, a Sky Racing presenter again. And uh, I took a job in the uh, the markets room, uh, which, uh, for those that don't know, is um, uh, kind of the area of uh, Sky Racing that, that put up the, the placings and uh, that kind of thing as horses cross the line, uh, amongst other things, you know, collecting race day information and passing it on to the control room. And I love that because I work with a lot of uh, like-minded people that, you know, loved horse racing, um, loved the punt and all of that sort of thing. So we had common interests. And um, when I went for the interview for that um, markets job, um, there were a few people on the interview panel that day that um, were kind of a little bit um, interested in my experience as far as a, a broadcast on the Central Coast, doing the radio and that sort of thing, and uh, kind of got a, a little bit of an assurance at the interview that day that they might try and um, nurture that, that side of things and, and sort of bring me along. And it wasn't too much longer after that, I was doing both. I was working in the markets room um, close to full-time hours and also doing international hosting, a bit of tab audio, and then, you know, before too long, Sky Racing 2, Sky Racing 1. And, uh, yeah, before I got my uh, break there on Sky Thoroughbred Central, doing the job I, I love and have to this day as the uh, the form expert out there in the Central and Western Districts. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, what about uh, the the Central Western Districts? Um you grew up on the Central Coast. 
Um, but when you know that opportunity came up out west, you obviously you know you took that with both hands, and you've really fallen in love with the area. I mean, mate, it's a credit to yourself um, from the travels that I've done in my job. You travel around to all the different different race clubs, and I do love getting out into you know the Mudgee, the Oranges, etc., um, and even out to Dubbo, mate. I've never heard a bad word about you, and I'm not just saying that and blowing smoke up your backside because we're talking now on air. Everyone, every single racing administrator that I've spoken to about the coverage that you do with Richie or whether it's with Chantel, etc., mate, you just loved. Um, so that's a credit to yourself. That's a that's that's a credit to yourself, mate. Well, that means a lot to hear that. So I'll be honest with you, Dave. Um, I remember when I first took up the job, my first um, my first uh, uh, you know day. Uh, doing the form was on the 25th of February back in 2016. It was about oh, 60 degrees out at Warren. I was there with the disco Dave Carlson. And, and I, I made a decision, a conscious decision then, that I wasn't going to try and uh, push it. You know, I, I come from the Central Coast. I didn't want to sort of head out and uh, get amongst the country people and, uh, you know, to be, be too forward or too brash. So I was just very respectful and just uh, slowly went about building relationships. And, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, you know, after sort of six or seven years of doing that now that, um, you know that they're happy having me out there in the, the central and western districts. It's really about the um, the people out there. So many great country people. You just touched on that. Um, like I was out at Bathurst yesterday. So many good trainers. Like Dana Williams uh, won the cup out there. Dean Murphy based at at Bathurst and, and the great racing families that don't get talked about enough out west. Um, you're talking about the Stanleys, the Malloys, the Thompsons, uh, the Robs, the Lunds, the Nestors, the Lundums. Um, you know the Crockett's, Brucey Parker, Kieran Hazelden. They're just, they're just great people. They're, there's some real characters out there. Um, Rodney Robb, very funny man. Miracle Mel Johnson, I've met him in my travels. Timmy Moses, Wanda Ings, Kenny Dunbar. They're all they're just tremendous people. And, and that's not even mentioning the, the legends, you know, the legends of racing out in that part of the world as well. Um, you know, the great jockeys, like Greg Ryan, Matthew Carl, um, you know, Chuck Cavallo. There's so many, so many quality yeah. people out in that part, part of the world. It is. Now, what about your form? Uh, because uh, you you have been a revelation. And I mentioned this this morning in Punters Postmortem about, uh, you know, that um, there's a lot of uh, back padding that goes on on the Twitter sphere, especially uh, with tipsters. Um, the old, oh, I tip that, I tip that, I tip that. One thing we never really see from you is uh, I, we never see that back padding. Um, but we do see you producing sets where you're picking, you know, things at 20s and, and 30s, and they're, they're getting the chocolates. Tell us a couple of your insights, um, what you're looking for. You, you, you touched on it before about you using your, your eye uh, to view, but um, it's extraordinary, mate. You, you, last week or a few weeks ago, you tipped, you know, 20 to 1 shots at three different locations. Yeah, I suppose... Um when I'm looking to tip horses at long odds, it's about finding um, mistakes in the market. And, uh, you know, it's not about trying to find roughies in every race. Um, you know, sometimes I'll work through a meeting and I don't end up with any horses above 10 to 1. It's just the way um, the way it pans out. But sometimes you'll find races um, out west where uh, you've got false favourites or, or horses that you know uh, shouldn't be as short as they are in the market. And that's usually a good starting place when you're looking for, for horses at odds. If you're if you're sort of ruling out, you know, three of the top, you know, five or six in the market as having as having no chance, well, then you can kind of exploit those at long odds. And the theory that I have is, because um, I'm putting so much time into to watching the replays and and what have you, uh, I figure that those that are making the markets um, couldn't be putting any more time in. So 
it's really just my judgment versus the uh, the odds makers, and I don't get it right all the time. But um, yeah, it's just about putting in the effort, and every now and then you you get one right. But um, but I, I just love love doing form. Um, I'm very very keen on on the videos, as I said before. Um, it's it's a thing I like to at least watch the last replay of every horse in every race. It, it's time consuming, but it's uh, it's worthwhile and rewarding. Yeah, uh, is that? I think you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. Um, it is. It is obviously time consuming, and we we find that, and I find that from talking to all different for, form experts. But there is that reward for effort, isn't there? Oh, for sure. And you know, I've got a little bit of a, uh, a disadvantage to some extent, and sometimes it's just not enough time in the day. Um, my closest meeting to home uh, in the Central and Western Districts is Bathurst, which is three and a half hours away, and and uh, you know, then I've got venues like. Uh, you know, Warren and Canamble, which are getting closer to seven hours from home. So um, when you're trying to, you know, fit in six, seven hours of form and, and uh, you know, five, six, seven hours of, of driving and you've got uh, meetings, you know, butting up against each other, like it, it does it does make it a bit challenging sometimes, particularly when you've got, um, you know, the family to run at home as well. But, look, if you didn't love it, uh, you wouldn't do it. And I certainly love it. And, and uh, I, I honestly feel blessed, uh, not not being a religious person, but I'm just... I just honestly feel so grateful to be um, to be working in this industry and and at meeting the people I, I meet each and every day. Like you know the co-hosts I've worked with, the Dave Carlson, Jason Witham, uh, you know Richard Haynes, uh, Chantel Buckley, Anthony Manton, uh, Richard Callender. Um, you know so many great people that I've worked with. I've had legends like uh, you know Max Presnell, Kenny Callender, John Tat. I've worked alongside these people and. Yeah, sometimes I just have to pinch myself. I've got the best job in the world, and um, yeah, hoping to. Uh, to, uh, to stay at Sky for a good time yet. Yeah, no, well, mate, I think you've got a job for a very long time. Uh, you mentioned about possibly moving to the West. So this is something you're serious thinking about because I'd love to know how many kilometres you do a week in the car. Uh, it, can, it can certainly it can certainly vary. Um, uh, I suppose it would average out for each trip. Uh, like a place like Dubbo, I think, is about... Oh, 450, 500 kilometres. So around trip, you're looking at sort of 900,000 kilometres. So it just depends how many meetings you've got in a week. Um, up until recently, um, I've been filling in for Wayne Harris down there at Kembla Grange, which made the schedule a bit more congested. But uh, Wayne, uh, back on deck now. And, um, yeah, so I'm mainly concentrating out on the Western dis- uh, Western and, and Central District. There's yeah, a lot of travel involved. Um, uh, Kilometres-wise, uh, Back uh, when at the peak, you know, it was it could have been anywhere between eighty and a hundred thousand kilometres a year, but it has died down a little bit. I'm not getting into the studio quite as much as I as I used to to do the the Sky Two and Sky One shifts. But mm. um, yeah, a lot of driving. But um, oh yeah, I just switch off, listen to podcasts. I love my music, so um, yeah, got plenty of time to think. You certainly do. What about your young fellas? Do they enjoy the uh, the races as well? Can you see a little twinkle in their eye? Uh, not not up to this point. Um, my eldest is um, he's uh, travelled up to uh, the Northern Territory for a, a job opportunity. He's living up um, uh, on the Gove Peninsula at Nullumboy, and he's enjoying wow. himself up there. He loves the fishing. And my youngest, um, he's turning fifteen tomorrow. No real interest in the um, in the racing, but he, he loves his sport. Currently into uh, uh, rugby league and, and basketball and that. So uh, yeah, no, very proud of the two boys. Mate, what about you? Just away from. Uh, racing, you you love you love to sing. <laughs> well, I kind of kind of fell into that, to be honest. Um, uh, it was a it was a pastime I got pushed into uh, after a few sherbets. Um, you know, kind of got uh, shoved onto the stage for the karaoke, and 
And then uh, before too long, I had a couple of people saying, why don't you come and, uh, you know, audition for, for various bands and what have you. And uh, I've really enjoyed that. I've been doing that for oh, oh, probably over 10 years now. started out in a, um, a duo and then I went on to uh, front a band uh, called Hard Hitter. Uh, obviously, a lot of my um, musician friends have been hit pretty hard over the last couple of years with the COVID stuff. And, um, you know, I wasn't really doing that much when COVID hit. So, um, but I really feel for them where it's their primary um, primary work um, is doing the gigs and, um, yeah, musos aren't gigging at the moment. So, um, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Really love my uh, music side of things. And uh, Simon Harrison, uh, one of the, the good, great coordinators on Sky Sports Radio, he's he's right into his singing too. And we, we share a love for the uh, Les Mis uh, musical. So he's been recording some, um, some tracks from Les Mis and uh, we've got a, a duet in the pipeline. So we're going to have a crack at that. He's going to play Javert, and I'm going to play Jean Valjean. So uh, is we're this, looking is forward to that. Is this fair income? Fair income? It's fair income, yeah. We're going to have a crack. I, I, there's you know, some logistical issues at the moment with, with COVID, but I know it's something Simon's really keen to do. So, uh, yeah, we're going to join forces and uh, have a crack. That's brilliant, mate. Um, any any other things that you're passionate about that we don't know about you? That uh, You mentioned the pizza shop. Uh, so can you cook a bean pizza? I can. Um, yeah, I think less is more when it comes to pizza toppings. I think um, more often than not, we have a tendency to load our pizzas up and they don't cook properly, but that's just a little a little side tip. I've always been interested in fishing. As a, as a young kid, I, I used to fish competitively in, in competitions around the, around the okay. place. And uh, I won a couple of state titles and, uh, yeah, I got my mug on the front of a few fishing magazines back when I was a kid. And I still enjoy that as a, as a way to relax. Um, don't mind a a bit of golf and that, and, and music's a big thing for me. Um, I head up to the country music um, festival each and every year and, uh, you know, go and sing in competitions and that kind of thing and, and camp out and really, really enjoy the buzz and atmosphere that um, surrounds that, that wonderful festival up there. I love my rock music and, and uh, yeah, just, yeah, music, sport and uh, racing and, of course, family. They're my main passions. Gee, no wonder you're off the market now, mate. No wonder you're not an eligible <laughs> bachelor anymore. No, no, things are going well. i um, been with Mel for 12 months now, and, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've moved in together, so uh, everything's hey. good. Life's good. Fantastic. Now, mate, um, we were talking about, you know, um, off-air about supporting, uh, you know, local uh, race uh, clubs, etc. Marquis Sadori, uh, mate, um, they're big supporters of country racing, and, they, uh, every year for Bathurst, and they do this for a number of uh, race clubs around uh, New South Wales, but for Bathurst, I know they uh, donate a saddle uh, to who is judged the best winning ride of the day, the best ride of the day. Now, yesterday you were at Bathurst, and I thought, well, now would be a lovely time to announce who you believe was the best rider of the day, who wins the prize, um, thanks to uh, to the team there. And um, who who was it, mate? What what was your, caught your eye yesterday? Yeah, I'd like to put forward Jake Pracy Holmes. Um, sometimes we joke a little bit about um, Jake that he he has this tendency to go to the front, and he, he might be a bit one dimensional. That's certainly not the case. Um, he's a a very accomplished rider, and he he rode a, a double yesterday on a couple of long priced horses, and he really um, showed his skill and, and wares there. Uh, on his first winner, uh, Intense Passion, it looked like it was well and truly beaten at the 800 metre mark, but. Uh, he kept uh, kept the work up to uh, to her, and she raced away and won by a big space. So that was leading throughout. And um, a couple of races later, he came from last, uh, taking a needle eye opening up along the fence on confined thoughts at thirty to one to win. I thought it was a beautiful ride. And um, yeah, I'm announcing uh, Jake Tracy Holmes as the winner yesterday. Uh, a winning double and a couple of uh, brilliant rides, um, and two very different rides leading throughout and coming from last. 
There you go. So Jake Pracy Holmes, we'll get a message to him through the club, through um, Bernard and Michelle. But uh, Jake has won uh, the prize. As I said, um, I've got it here from, from Marquee uh, Salary. That it uh, is a saddle, um, so a brand new saddle, and uh, they'll get that sent out to to Jake there in the team. Mick. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. Um, keep up the fantastic work. I think you're a wonderful ambassador for, for Sky, but you're also a wonderful ambassador for any young person out there that's wanting to, to get into something and, uh, and believes in doing something, um, deals with what life throws at them and never, ever gives up. Uh, it's sensational, mate. I really appreciate those uh, words, Dave, and... Um I'll continue to maintain my passion for country racing. I think it's important that we uh, don't lose focus of the picnic race meetings as well. They've been very hard hit uh, by this uh, this terrible COVID thing, and it was great to see the Brabber uh, Club last uh, last week. They still race their their meeting, even though they rely heavily on uh, getting a crowd to the track there to to um, you know bring in the revenue. So um, we can't lose focus on those uh, picnic meetings as well as uh, as all of the uh, regular uh, country tab meetings as well. And really looking forward to the Osco. Uh, thanks for having me on having me on your show, Dave. Cheers. Mick Wallace here on Monday's Experts. Wonderful to chat with me.